You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Kim Reynolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Day two, spring ball 2021 in the books a little bit. Warmer today at times with the sun out, but uh, still kind of a brisk day out on the shores of Lake Washington. And for those who've never been to a practice at Husky Stadium, they don't practice in the stadium as much as they do on that east field, which is much closer to the water. And then in addition, we're sitting up a little bit higher, so we don't have anything to shield us from the wind, but... Uh, I stood next to Hugh Millen for most of the practice, and Hugh was dying, and so it was still a little bit cold out there. But uh, a day where the defense dominated. But, you know, when we talked to Jimmy uh, earlier, he said that he expected the offense to be ahead of the defense. That surely wasn't the case today. Well, I'd say certain aspects of the offense were looking pretty good. I'd say that the running backs, some of the running backs had a really good day. I think Cameron Davis started out with the ones. Um, you know, Caleb Berry showed some things. JV on Sunday was running hard again, and, and you could tell the defense, some of the secondary guys had a – I don't know if they had a, a thing waiting for him in terms of uh, maybe getting a, a little pop here and there on him. But uh, I don't know. Would you say he's – would he be a wanted man already in the second day of spring ball? I, I, don't, I don't know if we can say that. But um, I think, I think the, the hit he did make on uh, Cameron Williams on Wednesday certainly um, sent a warning note. To everyone, so uh, I thought that was a little interesting. And then I actually liked what Sam Adams did a little bit on offense today. I thought he ran the ball hard and um, and did some nice things. Kamari Pleasant as well. But the quarterbacks um, struggled, I think, a little bit because the defense just didn't give them anything. I think it was really really tough uh, all day for the uh, for the offense to get much going. And I think that's really a testament to just how well the defense played overall. And and uh, everybody seemed to be on the same page. We talked to Bob Gregory and Akaika Malloy, and they had some things to share that we'll talk about. But um, I thought overall this was a day for the defense. Yeah, and sometimes it's hard to tell if that was really the defense or just what they were trying to accomplish. You know, what were they trying to do on offense? Was that new stuff that they were putting on offense? And, you know, what were they trying to do defensively? So sometimes it's hard to tell. But, you know, I thought that for the most part, if you were going to give the win today, it would go to the defense, Scott. Yeah, I I agree with you. And there's also the fact that these defensive guys see the same offense every day in practice and and eventually they're going to be able to read things and see where things go and and if they're doing their film work they're they know hey in, with this formation this is what we usually do so blah 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 you know that kind of stuff so you know it's it, you don't, you try not to take too much from either day um but i thought the defense definitely had a better day linebackers had a good day um they got in some pressure on the quarterbacks the quarterbacks weren't as sharp as maybe I think a lot of people would hope they would be, obviously, but um, they weren't they weren't terrible either. It was just one of those days. Is it just me? Because I'm just having a tough time taking my eyes off of Dominique Hampton as big as he is back there playing that position. I don't I don't think it's just you. I mean, he he's flying around making plays. He and Cameron Williams running with the ones at safety. Um, he looks big, athletic. As as uh, was it uh, was it Gregory that was talking about big him being big, athletic, um, doing all of the things that they want him to do. Uh, he plays physical. He plays a physical brand of football. I think a lot of it's just going to be learning because 
things are different playing safety. You're, you're keeping things in front of you more. You're not running with. You're keeping it in front of you and reacting. And, um, and then you need to be physical in the running game, which is something that Washington lacked last season during – during the during the four games that they played and so they need to get better safety play and hopefully he can help with that hopefully asa turner gets better hopefully cameron williams gets better hopefully alex cook gets better you know we we need to see more from that group you mentioned you know cam williams and dominique hampton running with the ones and i can just imagine people freaking out right now what about asa turner what about asa turner what have either one of you seen out of asa turner so far not a lot of reps. I don't know about you, Chris, but I haven't seen a ton of reps. I've seen him taking a lot of mental reps in, in install and doing a lot of different things. But uh, when it comes to actual live reps, I, I haven't seen that much from him. He's He's been in there a few times, but it's been mostly trying to get – my guess is the coaches want to get Dominic Hampton as many reps as possible, get him on tape so they can see what he's doing, but also get him some reps to get him ready for the season. Well, I was going to say, too, that – the way they have the practice set up when they're doing their team periods, they're back to back going to each end zone. And there's one side, and it's usually the ones and the threes that are going into the, to the north end zone. And that's the one that is pretty much right in front of the media. So we really aren't paying as much attention to the other side. And Partly because it's hard to see that far. Yeah. So, for instance, I was really hoping to get a little bit more information on Patrick O'Brien today, but he was taking most of his reps with the twos, and they were on that side of the field, and it wasn't as right in front of you, you know, eye candy type, st- type stuff. So I saw some good things that he did, but that's also a situation where a guy like Asa Turner, if he's running a little bit more with the twos now, um, he could get lost a little bit over there in terms of what the media is seeing. And there again, you know, it could have been the packages that they're running early because different um, personnel is in on different packages. So even though we may not be seeing as much of Asa Turner in the first couple of days, you know, that could change tomorrow. It's spring. Everybody, they, they, we've said it before, we'll keep saying it, the coaches mix and match. I mean, Draco Bynum got some run with the ones. Does anybody think that – the way things have been going in his career that he's going to be with the ones on a regular basis. Yeah. Michelle Powell, for instance, was a corner with the ones Mm -hmm. uh, doing some work. So there's certainly some mixing and matching going on. We saw, we saw one situation where with the ones they were running the, the entire two secondary that was all of the freshmen. So you had Elijah Jackson and James Smith at the corners, and you had Jacoby Covington and Mikel Esteen at the safeties. So just like with the offensive mm-hmm. line, with the all-freshman offensive line, sometimes you're just gonna, they're going to want to see whole groups together that were brought in as recruits to see what they can do. With the departure of um, Leatu Latu with the neck injury and retiring from football, there's uh, going to be more of a focus on that outside linebacker spot. And kind of Jeremiah Martin kind of caught my eye today too. Yeah, he. I, I thought he did okay. I, I didn't see him do very much, but um, he was out there with the ones opposite Ryan Bowman. Uh, I think the quote after practice that <clears throat> kind of made us raise our eyebrows, we talked about Everybody it. Everybody raised yeah, their eyebrows. Was somebody asked a question about Braylon Trice and his that was progress. Me. Oh, yeah, about, about his <laughs> progress. Why don't you just say what he said? Well, no, it was it was just interesting because this was, yeah, we were talking to Kaiko Malloy and um, Mike Farrell had just asked a question about Jordan Lolohea, who obviously is another guy who was here last year but didn't play. And so everyone's wondering about his progression and, and what he's going to be able to do because he's a bigger guy, you know, 270, what have you. Well, Braylon Trice did not play last year, but, you know, he's another guy that's come up, came in at 230, has moved up slowly but surely. I think he's listed at 245 or whatever now. 
So I was just asking, as another guy that we haven't gotten a chance to really see yet, what's the what's the prognosis for a guy like Braylon Trice? And Akaika Malloy said, basically, I don't want to put too much pressure on him, but he should be better than Joe Tryon. Um, okay. The room, room kind of went silent. <laughs> really? And, okay. and, 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 and yeah. he clarified it a little bit. He, he wasn't really asked to clarify, but he clarified a little bit saying that really what you should see from a guy like Braylon Trice this fall is the the path that was similar to what Joe Tryon took before he really broke out in 2019. So basically, the 2018 Joe Tryon is basically what we should see for the 2021 Braylon Tryon. Which, with, if you remember with Joe Tryon, we didn't see him really do a lot until the second half of the season. Right. And then, and then he had a couple sacks, and everybody was encouraged. Yeah. And then he comes out in 2019, struggles early, in that, especially in that Cal game, to stop the run. But once he got past that... Then he, that's when he exploded and ended up with, what, eight and a half sacks and all that. Well, I think it's still going to be difficult for a guy like that, even though, uh, you know, Coach Malloy says he's on the, you know, the trajectory of a Joe Tryon. He's still got a lot of guys in front of him. They're stacked at that position. Well, they are, and it's ironic because they lose a guy like Leatu Latu, who, you know, Kaika Malloy reminded us was actually in front of Zion Tupola Fatui uh, in 2019 as a true freshman. Um, he was, you know, Zion was his backup for a while. And so to lose a guy of that caliber is, is, is really, really bad. But Jeremiah Martin, when you look at a guy who's 6'5", 260 plus, getting to 270, Akaika Malloy really talked about him as a guy who can cover and was good in space, which I think is interesting because obviously everyone's going to want to know what he can do rushing the passer. And that's where, you know, you kind of get your marquee star if you're a, if you're a outside linebacker but if you can if you can really cover guys in space that's huge as well and Akaika Malloy says that Jeremiah Martin can do that so if he can do that and he can continue to step up and race his game um, there's a chance that Martin could step into that Latu role and offer a lot of the same things that Leatu Latu would have done for this defense. Staying on the defensive side of the ball defense had a couple of picks a couple of interceptions today but they also had a couple of drops. Yeah, so the two picks were by Julia Servan against Patrick O'Brien, and then um, Kaysen Kinchin had a, I guess it could have been one of three guys because Sam Heward threw it into triple coverage. Kaysen Kinchin ends up uh, intercepting a pass intended for Devin Culp. Uh, Dylan Morris did was not picked, but he basically should have been picked at least twice that we saw Trent McDuffie. Uh, drops one that it still would have been a tough grab, but he 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 can easily make that. And Elijah Jackson has one where Romo Dunsey goes inside, or I'm sorry, goes outside, and Dylan Morris throws it inside, and Elijah Jackson is just right there, and it bounces off his chest. So, um, you know, it it is what it is. It's just that time of the time of the year. But uh, uh, two drop picks. Those guys were you could. It, what's funny is so the offense is below us. On the on the east field and the defensive side is on the other side, so we can see everything, all of their reactions to stuff. And when the the drops happen, you can just see the whole whole group over there on the sideline just go, "Oh my god!" You know, just lamenting everything. But uh, no, um, two two a uh, couple turnovers, and then Sam Heward also had a fumbled exchange on a center snap that I think was picked up, but they didn't really call it that way. They but. Um, but, yeah, so just a couple of miscues on the offensive side. 
Richard Newton back today and didn't take long for him to um, establish himself. He, what was the wording that Jimmy used when he talked about him, expect a completely different Richard Newton? I think when you take a look over at that running back crew, the way he was moving and just the attitude he was carrying, uh, it's not hard to figure out Richard Newton's the guy in that room right now. Well, it's interesting because you just they're starting to really stack up. Because everyone, you know, two years ago, Richard Newton was that third down, short yardage, goal line guy. I think he scored, what, 10 touchdowns, 11 touchdowns? He, he scored 10, Savon had 11. Yeah, so it was just, you know, you could tell exactly. I mean, he had kind of built a niche for himself. Well, now he's looking more like an every down type of back. But the interesting thing is they really didn't use him that way in 2020, even though, again, small sample size. But he is a power back. Kamari Pleasant's now 230. Um, I think Caleb Berry has now been upgraded to 220 on the official um, Go Huskies roster. JV on Sunday is run like a man possessed. Um, I mean, this, this room got big in a hurry. Well, you talk about Richard Newton being a power back, and you talk about him being big, but the thing that stood out to me, you remember when Deontay Cooper first got here and he kind of pranced like a deer when he ran? I saw a little bit of that in Richard Newton today with that lightness and the quick feet out there, and I'm going, holy crap. He was a different-looking dude out there today. Yeah, he was breaking down angles for guys. They, I mean, the defensive backs had angles on him on the sidelines, and he was out, able to outrun them. So it was, uh, yeah, it was impressive. You hadn't seen that kind of a burst from him uh, since he arrived at Washington. Yeah, he definitely looks like the guy. He looks like the class of that group, you know, so far. There's a long ways to go, but, uh, you know, as big as he is and athletic as he is and the way he was moving and being so light on his feet, I'm looking forward to some pads popping with him out there. Well, it's interesting because you say you might be the class of the group. Well, obviously, JV on Sundays turned a lot of heads with the first couple practices that he's had. But I I think, and I, I think Scott may agree with me a little bit here too, I think the guy that's really showing out the best is Cameron Davis. I still think Cameron Davis, I mean, he was running with the ones start out today. He looks like he's got the entire package, like he's not just a power back. We saw what he did. Was it Arizona? I don't remember which game it was where he basically dragged about six guys with him Mm -hmm. last year. It It was like one of the plays of the year. I mean, it was incredible. He's got that power element to him, but he's an incredible, he's got some slash to him, one cut and go type of guy, but he is a smooth runner, and he accelerates in and out. And he cuts. He's got the full package to me where I think a lot of these other guys have one, two, or three of those things. But I don't, know, I don't know if they've got everything that a guy like Cameron Davis has. And, again, he can also be used out of the backfield. As good a running back room as I've seen here in a long time, Scott. Yeah, well, it's deep. That's, I mean, you've got a lot of bodies. You better be able to find four or five guys that, you can, that, you, that are serviceable for you. Sean McGrew, I thought, did a few things today. He had a pretty good, decent day. I didn't see and, and he was one of the guys yeah. that they really didn't use all that much. I saw Kamari Pleasant a bunch yeah. with the twos running through. And, again, he's gonna, you know what he's going to give you. He's yeah. going to give you effort. He's going to be a guy that they can use in the pass game. Um, so we again, we know a lot about those other guys, but Cameron Davis were expecting to explode. JV on Sunday, obviously, we hadn't seen last year. Now you got Ab Caleb Berry to the mix. I mean, there's so many new uh, faces that those are the guys that I'm kind of focusing on right now. On the quarterbacks, there's three quarterbacks that are basically in the mix with Patrick O'Brien, uh, Sam Heward, and Dylan Morris. And after day two, I think the pecking order is still the same with uh, with. Uh, Dylan Morris and then Patrick O'Brien and Sam Heward. 
Well, yeah, I mean, the pecking order will be that way, I think, all the way through the first couple of weeks of, pre- of fall ball, even. Um, <clears throat> you really won't see things start to shake out, I don't think, until <clears throat> we're probably talking third week of August when they really start to ramp things up toward getting ready for Montana and also do a little Michigan prep as well. Um, you know, I think Sam Heward, he's got so much natural uh, ability as a passer. He can place it really well. But his footwork was terrible today. You could tell he was – I think things were really going through his head. I think he, his head was spinning. I think he didn't know what he was seeing sometimes. And Chris made the, the great point that after every throw, even the good ones, even the ones that were completed, Donovan and Heward would huddle for about 20 seconds before he sent him into the actual huddle. And they were able to talk, hey, what did you see there? Okay, this is what you should have done, or this was your read, or this is where you should have gone, whatever it was. And so I thought that was kind of interesting to watch that after you had pointed it out. Yeah, it was like instant feedback after every throw, good, bad, and different. And I think probably just to make sure they're all on the same page as well. And And I could even tell where Sam was watching intently and getting feedback from those guys even when Dylan Morris was going through his reps too. Um, The term I would use, and we've used it forever, Kim, guys drinking water through a fire hose right now. I mean, you can just tell. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were some throws where you you could tell it was one of those things where it looked confusing or they were throwing something at him, and then he tried to throw a pass out in the flat, and he missed him by like five yards. easily, It was It was – it was something you would expect a true freshman to do, but not a kid of Heward's caliber. Um, and, and right there and then, your instant reaction as a guy who's been covering this team for a long time is, yeah, Donovan's in this kid's head big time right now. He is learning so fast, so much stuff, that it's, it's like drinking water through a fire hose. And I think that this is going to be something that at least for the next week or so, he, it's just going to be nothing but terminology and, and, and try to deal with the speed of what's seen there. And the thing is, the defense, they're not even going 100%. They can't. So there's so many things that are going on right now for Sam Heward, and he's going to be so much, so much better coming out of this as a result. But right now, I guarantee you, he is probably super frustrated. Yeah, welcome to college football moments kind of suck. Absolutely. But, uh, they don't hurt like the defensive and offensive linemen get welcome to college football moments. But uh, he had a couple of those today. But Dylan Morris, just being Dylan Morris, I saw a nice escape. And uh, he, he showed a burst today, you know, getting to the outside. One thing I just kind of getting back to Sam, but it's also about Dylan too. Sam makes a nice read, makes a nice throw. And Dylan Morris was the first one to congratulate him, came over, high-fived him, said, you know, that's it. That's what you're supposed to be doing and stuff. And you can see, you know that there's a battle between those two guys plus Patrick O'Brien, but you can also see those guys. Those guys have known each other since they were little kids. I mean, they haven't – they've been in the same circles. They've been throwing to a lot of the same guys, you know, throughout the years as as they were growing up, and and those guys have known each other for a while. That being said, Kim, yes, uh, I thought Dylan had a couple nice throws, but he also had a couple where you're just like, wow, okay. There's still a long way to go. And you know what? The Even all pro future Hall of Fame quarterbacks struggle at times in the spring because they're trying out new things. They're getting used to new receivers. They're getting used to maybe some new play calls. They're getting used to new offenses. Whatever it is, there there's some struggle from no matter what level of, of talent and, and accomplishment that, that some of these quarterbacks have, they're still going to struggle at times. Yeah, and I was going to say just – 
as much as, as if, of any of those three guys, Dylan Morris is the one that's going to be on the same page with all the receivers, right? Well, on the, on the one that should have been picked by Elijah Jackson, it was Roma Dunze and him not being on the same page. So you can tell, this, again, spring ball, this is what it's for. It's for working out the kinks. It's for getting back to the fundamentals. It's trying to make sure that everybody is communicating and making sure that they've got the terminology straight. And it's going to be obviously more so for guys like O'Brien and Heward, but even for Dylan Morris. Again, we have to remember, only four games played. He's still very much learning what's going on. And everybody on that offense is still learning what John Donovan wants them to do with this pro-style attack because there's so much more that they can get out of it. Yeah, it's kind of strange, too, because, you know, to take a look at Dylan Morris and Sam Heward, and they're pretty much the same body type. You know, uh, Sam's probably a little thinner because he's younger, but uh, Patrick O'Brien, he's just a different body size. Well, he's Jacob Eason or Jacob Sermon or any of those other 6'5", 230-plus type of guys that you want to mention. I mean, he's he definitely offers a different dimension for sure. Um, and he throws the ball really, really well, again, because – when they were running their team, they were going into the south end. It was a little tougher for us to see. There were some good throws. I, he made a good throw to the to the walk on tight end uh, Wilson Schwartz. Mm-hmm. He made a good couple good throws. I think to Mark Redman was yep. uh, had a couple good uh, catches as well. So he's starting to understand some of the things that they want him to do. Um, I want to say, if I remember correctly, his coach at Colorado State was that Bobo. Was that Mike it Bobo? Started that way. The first was, first year was yeah. with Mike Bobo. Mm-hmm. Well, again, Mike Bobo. Again, he he's a guy that would understand a lot of pro style concepts and whatnot. So, I, I think this is not something that that Patrick O'Brien is going to be super unfamiliar with. I think he'll he'll pick it up rather quickly because he's so experienced. But um, I, again, this is one of those things with the quarterback battle. It's I have a, I, I'm kind of wondering how it's going to shape up because again, I kind of almost agree with you, Scott, in the sense that. That pecking order of Morris O'Brien Heward may be going on well past this spring and maybe well into the into the fall even simply because of of so much newness and so much uh, things that are going on with this attack, both running and passing, that the quarterbacks are need they need to basically get a grip with. And clearly, in the first couple days, um, they're. Um, they're not struggling, but it's not coming easy. Yeah, day two. I mean, like I said, a lot of it just has to depend on what they're trying to accomplish, the installs that they're running and the defenses they're running. And a lot of the time they're trying – you know, what the practice is you're going to see is because it's designed to do what you're seeing. But uh, Saturday practice starts at 1030. It is open to the public. You have to register for it. And I'm not even sure of the details, but uh, it'll be interesting to see because they've almost, they've exclusively practiced on the East field. So I'm not sure that the fans are going to be able to no, see what's going on. It's going to be in the stadium. They're going to practice so, yeah. inside the stadium. Okay. Yeah. Cause the media is media has to sit where the fans are sitting. They're basically in front. First five rows yeah. of the purple section is where the media will be. And then the fans will be up above. Yeah. Well, uh, I can promise above. you if it starts raining, I'm moving up above. I don't know. <laughs> they might not let you. Yeah, good luck on that. I, it's not supposed to rain tomorrow. No, it's supposed to be Anyways. nice, actually. So it'll be good to have the fans back out there. And um, I, and one thing I need to say is I as I was driving across the 520 bridge, just for those who are coming from the east side, as I was driving across the 520 bridge um, this morning, it said that the Montlake – the westbound Montlake uh, Boulevard exit will be closed from 3 a.m. And I'm pretty sure it said to 10 a.m. Um, tomorrow. 
that could conflict with you. So just be aware of that when you're taking your drive into uh, I was up to say, So what that that would mean they would probably go all the way up to five, five, and then, and then take the first exit north, or forty fifth, forty fifth, forty fifth exit north, and go to UW that way. I mean, it adds what an extra five minutes onto it probably, yeah. but I'm just. Don't want people to be thrown off. Yeah. That's all. And, and, and to be honest, even if they aren't, you know, it's you can still get to UW even, even yeah. if you keep going. So don't yeah. don't be too concerned. Final thoughts, Chris Fetters? Um, just again, I, I, I was really – it was weird because you, you kind of go in and you feel like you want to cover certain things in the media. And today I really did want to focus on the quarterbacks and kind of get a real distinct sense of what's separating Dylan Morris from Patrick O'Brien, from Sam Heward. And – it just was one of those things where the defense just took everything away in a lot of senses. And so um, kind of scrapped that uh, pretty quickly. But overall, I'd say still I thought the running back group looked really good um, when they got a chance to do their thing. Um, and uh, the defense looks already looks pretty sharp to me. I mean, they, they look like they're on it. And um, they're getting contributions at all the different levels, whether you're talking about Taki Taimani and, and Thule up front. Um, Jacob Bandis, I thought, had a nice practice today as well. And then even the guys on the edge. Um, Cooper McDonald showed up a couple times when he was going up with the two. So, um, you know, I think that there's some there's some guys that are really starting to, to step up a little bit. But, I like, I cautioned people in my analysis the other day, these things can change from practice to practice pretty quickly. And I think you kind of mentioned that a little bit too, Kim, that it's just – you kind of almost have to take every practice as it is, as it comes, and then hopefully by the end of it, we can maybe start to piece together some general uh, observations and some ideas and analysis of of what's to come. But again, another another one in the books. Uh, hopefully, it'll warm up on Saturday and uh, get after it again. It is not expected to warm up on Saturday. It's a high of 48, and then when you're down close to the water, that wind whips up. And for those who are coming to practice uh, on Saturday, bring layers, bring hand warmers. It is not warm, and if you're underdressed and you're a shorts guy, I'll just be laughing at you. Final thoughts, Scott Eklund? Um, one thing we didn't mention, and I, I, I shame on me for not mentioning it, um, Fetters and I were talking about it, um, that – Zion Tupuola Fatui put, I mean, really took Sam Peacock and Roger Rosengarten or uh, Ro- Rosengarten to to school. He he just he said, "Get ready, guys, because this is what's going to be coming at you every day, <clears throat> whether it's here in practice or when, once you actually get in the game." Because he just he ran circles around those guys, and um, that was kind of uh, it, it. I don't think it was a welcome to the Pac-12 kind of moment because. Those guys were here last year, but I just I think now the pressure's on them to get in that that mode of hey I gotta I gotta handle this kind of stuff. So that was kind of interesting. As far as the rest, I I can't help but agree with you, Chris. I, the defense won the day. Thought the offense had a few flashes here and there, but uh, those of you who are coming tomorrow, keep an eye out for number four. That's bookie Radley Hiles. Um, keep an eye out for number nine on defense. That is Jeremiah Martin. Jordan or Jalen Polk is uh, 23 on offense, and then Patrick O'Brien is in the gold jersey at on number 10. So those are guys that you guys haven't seen before, and they should make some impact. and And it'll be fun for you guys to be finally out here. I'm I'm looking forward to finding out how much is that, how many people actually show up because people have been jonesing for this. And I suppose they'll probably also be curious about how number seven is doing too. 
So number yeah. seven in gold might get a, a little bit of attention. Yeah, and if you're coming to practice, just, uh, you know, they're not going to hand out rosters, but, uh, you know, if you have a phone, just go to GoHuskies.com and click on the football tab, and uh, you can go to the roster, and you can sort it by alphabetical or number. So, uh, you know, feel free to go to GoHuskies.com. So uh, just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, just uh, shoot us a note, HuskyStadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. In addition, we're running half off our annual subscription right now for those that are listening who haven't subscribed lots of good stuff behind the paywall that you'll be missing out on and uh, make sure and check out the hardcore football hardcore basketball and hardcore recruiting boards so uh you could probably tell that i've got a little bit of a cold (laughs) yeah i I got the vaccine scheduled for the second one but i thought that might make me immune but i still got a little bit of a cold so anyways for all of us at dogman.com i'm kim grinolds along with chris fetters and scott eklund go dogs You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. 